0: Goes tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back Friday. Chris is taking some time off, like I did last week. He'll be back on Friday, and actually on Friday, he'll be back for the interviews that we have scheduled with the um, with two of the candidates for auditor. We have uh, Republican candidate Anthony Amori who is uh, the chief um, I'll just say head of security at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum which is a really cool museum in Boston if you haven't been I'd recommend checking it out. In fact, I haven't gone in since college 10 years ago. So I'd like to actually go back soon and check it out. But getting into Boston's kind of a nightmare. I'll be, I mean I'll wait till South Coast Rail gets it. Once South Coast Rail comes I will take South Coast Rail into Boston, and I will go to the Isabella Stewart Gardner. Uh, and it's a it's a it is a cool museum. I recommend you check it out. There's a lot of interesting history. That word, I definitely want to talk to him about Anthony Mori. Um, and he also worked for the federal government, rebuilding Logan Airport security after 9/11. So really interesting background he has. Danny DeZaglio, senator from, uh, Methuen, state senator from Methuen. Was in uh, Beacon Hill for a long time as well. She'll also be uh, joining us in the 8 o'clock hour on Friday. Uh, They'll both be here for an hour. And you can call at 508-996-0500 and uh, ask them questions if you'd like. In fact, um, uh, you can call me tonight (laughs) ask me questions or talk to me about something. If you would like, five zero eight nine nine six oh five hundred. That's how you can get. Uh, that's how you can get on the program tonight. So I'm really looking forward to those interviews. I think they'll be cool. And I've talked to Chris Dempsey's um, campaign about getting him in as well. He's the other uh, Democratic candidate for for auditor. Uh, state auditor is basically the watchdog of the state government. So what they try to do is um, they audit. Um, you know the two hundred and some odd. Uh, state agencies and government and try to find fraud and waste um, and inefficiencies and correct them uh, to save the taxpayer money to, say, to save the taxpayers money. Suzanne Bump, uh, I believe says she's saved the taxpayers uh, over a billion dollars in her time as as auditor and she's the outgoing auditor. so it's the, it's the most important office. Uh, uh, it's one of the most important offices. I mean, Charlie Baker I think had said, uh, he would he would have ran for auditor if he didn't run for, for governor. So it's an important office. And it is a particularly exciting race. Because as I've said before, the Democrat like the Democrat in every other race is very, very likely going to win. Right? So the Democrat in every other race is very, very likely gonna win. This is one of the races where it's it's not it's not as clear that the Democrat's going to win. Um and even still the democrat that may or may not win is going to be have to deal with a pretty i think a pretty close primary um between two really well well qualified candidates for the uh for the office so chris will be back friday we'll be talking to diana diazoglio and uh anthony amori for sure um after they go to the feast they'll, they'll be at the feast and actually uh i'll be i'll probably be there probably be there friday I'll definitely be there Thursday. Uh, I won't be there in the evening. And if you don't, you know, if you're one of those people, oh, I like to go to there the today, get a sandwich, you know, uh, get a you know glass of wine, then go home, you know, to avoid the uh, the chaos of the night crowd, you know, um, then perfect. Right. Well, um, we'll be here for you. I think there's a lot of you out there in the audience, actually. And so uh, you'll definitely enjoy these those interviews. If you are one of those people that likes to go out in the, uh, you know, being the thick of it at night at the feast. Well, then you can check out the podcast, too. You can check out the podcast afterwards. You know, all of our every hour of our show is available to you in podcast up until this moment. Up until this moment, you have at your fingertips every hour of South Coast Tonight. Every hour of my old show, uh, the Marcus Ferro show as well. Every hour of Tim's show, Barry's show, Phil's show. So, Jess's, uh, Jess's show as well. So, you should go check that out. Oh, and uh, Kate Robinson's newscasts. Or I guess this week, Jim Jim and Phil's, uh, Phil Devitt's newscasts. Kate's on a well-deserved vacation. So, um... Tomorrow, too, tomorrow, and I'm going to talk... I think I want to talk about this a little bit later. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to have uh, Rick Trapillo. So, I'm, you know, we've, we're inviting all the candidates, and I've invited Representative Strauss, and I've invited uh, Rick Trapillo. Um, but tomorrow, I'm going to have Rick Trapillo in from 8 to 9. Here, in studio, you can call in, ask him questions if you want. I'm going to be asking him some questions. I watched the debate for the Tritown Dems, uh, Tritown Democrats Committee. So the Tritown Democrat Committee had a forum yesterday, a candidate forum. And so they had uh, Rashawn Hall, who was a Democratic candidate for um, DA, who's an ACLU attorney running against Tim Cruz. Um, They had a candidate for county commissioner and they had the highlight of the evening was Rick Chapello and Bill Strauss so Bill Strauss obviously my state rep actually uh, he lives in um Los Amapoisit uh he's been the state rep for this this district which has ha- always had parts of New Bedford and and if you're in Ward 1 New Bedford he might be your state rep now Due to redistricting, and uh, some of a Aushnit too, some of southern akushnit, like right on the um, Alden Road, like when you you know go up Alden Road on Main Street, and you're on South Main Street. He has some, uh, he has some of that now too. Um, and of course, the tri-town: Madapoysit, Marion, Rochester, and in Fairhaven. So Fairhaven, Madapoysit, Marion, and Rochester have always been a part of his, uh, part of the tenth Bristol district. There's always been different parts of New Bedford. Some of ward three, I think, was last time. Um, I don't know if any of a cushion it was in it. I don't think so. Now that they, it's some of a cushion in ward one, and a lot of that had to do with them maneuvering a the district to be a fully New Bedford, to have two fully New Bedford. Uh, districts. So you've got Tony Cabral's district, which is always fully New Bedford. Now Chris Hendricks's district. He had a Kushnet, and in some of the north end of New Bedford. Now he just has New Bedford. So he's got a he's got a full uh, district and actually a majority um, person of color, uh, community of color district. But anyway, so Rick Trappello, uh, Bill Strauss debated in the tenth Bristol district again, for which I'm a constituent. And you probably a lot of you probably are uh, if you're listening. Uh, they debated... And this is a Democratic... It's important to remember it's a Democratic primary debate. And I thought that... Well, it's just some interesting... I, I just think there was there was some... In, like, you know, they brought up a lot of, I think, very... good questions. You know, very... Like... I don't want to say boilerplate, but the stuff you'd expect to ask, which is good. The stuff you'd expect to ask in a debate, which is good. And... I think Trapillo had some interesting comments on that. He he identified himself as a conservative Democrat. And he took some positions that were certainly conservative. Some would argue, and I think Representative Strauss would argue, Republican positions. He, you know, I he joined me. He joined me uh, on my old show a few months ago, and he was very nice. And I, I thought a great interview. I actually really enjoyed it talking to him on air um, and he, he you know he said he's a lifelong Democrat if you know he said basically if I wasn't um, you know if I if I ever change parties my dad would come and you know or would punch me in the face from the grave something to that effect and I, I think I think he presented I think he presented pretty well Strauss of course did you know Strauss has been in the game for a long time uh, but Strauss you know Strauss was able to project I think that the experience, right? What he's running on, what Strauss is running on is, is I've been your state rep for 30 years. I have the experience and I've gotten things done for for the district. I think he was able to communicate that well. Um, I think he was able to communicate that very well. Like, you know, and, you know, like, for example, and Trapillo, I think, was able to communicate himself well as an alternative. Uh, It's just a matter of, you know, how conservative is this district, right? Um, Because he identified himself as a conservative Democrat. He took some conservative positions, which I think... He took some conservative positions. Like, the first thing he... The first thing he criticized Rep Strauss on was the police reform bill, which was an interesting tactic because... It's something that like it's it's not in the news anymore right it's not something people really talk about it happened two years ago it happened after um, in the wake of of the uh, in the wake of George George Floyd and I haven't really like there's no there's not much in the news about its impact is what I'm trying to say there's not much. About its impact, like, and I know there was a lot of law enforcement officers that were staunchly against it. Uh, I know there was a lot of Republicans and more conservative people that were against the police reform bill, but we haven't heard much about it or about its impacts, positive or negative. And to criticize somebody for voting, for supporting it is a very... You know, that's definitely carving out a more conservative position, I think, in the spectrum, let's say, of a, of a Democratic candidate. And I think there was some other comments that were more conservative than most Democratic candidates would communicate, uh, certainly on the reproductive health care. Uh, so, I'm going to ask him. He's going to be in. I know he's he's excited. I talked to him today. He's excited about coming on. I'm excited to have him on. I, I, again, I, I really enjoyed talking to him last time. So, uh, I think it'll be a good interview. And, of course, you can call in and talk to him, too. You can call in and talk to me at 508-996-0500. But, I think there were clear lines drawn in terms of, like, ideology here. And Strauss was, I think, continually making the point that, these talking points are GOP talking points is basically what he's calling them. Like the work and family mobility act, which is the law that, um, the law that gives driver's licenses to people throughout the Commonwealth, regardless of their immigration status. So basically undocumented immigrants will be able to get a driver's license if they have, the certain like a passport or a birth certificate or a license from another state in the country or a driver's license from another state in the country. Because remember this is law in 16 other States. And I believe DC and DC and Puerto Rico as well. So Strauss said, you know, they were asked about if they support it. Strauss obviously wrote the bill. He was one of the people that wrote the bill because he, he, he's the chair of the transportation committee. And he said, I heard on the radio, you support my position. So thank you for supporting my position. Now what he, what Strauss was referring to was my show. Actually, he was referring to when I heard it on the radio, he heard it here on WBSM when Strauss was talking to me on the Marcus Farrow show, my, my old show before I got South coast tonight, you know, the Saturday one to four slot that's now occupied by Jess Machado. And Rick Trapillo then got up and said, well, I don't agree. You know, he said, thank you for agreeing with my position and all of that. And and Rick Trapillo did. I mean, he, was, he did. I asked him if he supported it. He did say he supported the Work and Family Mobility Act. He supported the law, but he had concerns. So, he turned, you know, he, his concerns were, were access to voting, right? And I'd asked him to clarify a bit and... Um, he, he went into, well, we need to make sure that the, you know, the integrity of the ballot is protected and all of that and said, you know, there was a, I remember him talking about January 6th and saying, we need to, you know, there are people that are really concerned about, uh, voting, uh, elections being legitimate, whether or not that concern is, you know, rightfully placed is another conversation, but then Trapillo went up there he said, I don't agree with your position. And then voiced those same concerns. So it seemed to be there was con- some consistency there, but said basically what Charlie Baker said, I'm concerned. And basically what a lot of other, frankly, GOP candidates said, I'm concerned that this legislation is going to, I'm concerned that this law could allow for people to be able to vote. I mean, that's a, I mean, that is a conservative talking point. That's a, that is, that is a Republican. And then Strauss went up there and said, that's a Republican talking point, which is correct. That is a Republican talk. That is a, I mean, that was, that concern was voiced by a republic our Republican governor who vetoed when he vetoed the bill. Those concerns are continued to be voiced by people who are Republicans. So can I thought Trapillo for someone who's, you know, never done a debate before, uh, did a, did a pretty good job. Um, cause those can be very intimidating, right? Debates. Uh, those can be very intimidating. I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, Strauss was just able to, I mean, Strauss's projection was I'm experienced. I've gotten this, this, and this done. Like what? Okay. So, you know, for example, when Trapillo Tripillo went up there and talked about how he was uh, at town meeting in Fairhaven, which is good. You know, you want your if you got someone running for state rep, you, that's good that they're at town meeting or that they're involved in local electoral politics. I would I would say that's preferred. Local poly, someone who's involved in the like the municipal government. I would say that's preferred in a in a new candidate for state rep. Like I mean, Rep Strauss, I believe, was on the conservation commission in, in Matapoiset before he got elected. But, uh, you know, we went up there and talked about some of the, um, you know, money that we're allocating for an overhaul of our treatment plants. And I'm on the board of public works. Uh, and, you know, we've got some there's some massive capital improvement projects that we're doing uh, at the at the BPW, you know, a recycling center to a treatment plant. So uh, Bill Strauss ended up going up there and saying, yeah. By the, you know, I was actually at, in front of the BPW, which he was in front of us, right? He said, and we talked about getting ARPA money for these things that you're talking about. And by the way, four of those people on the board of public works endorsed me and not you. Now he's not talking, I'm on the board of public works. He wasn't talking about me because I don't make endorsements. I'm here on the radio. So I've decided, you know, I don't make endorsements of anybody, right? But he was talking about the four of my colleagues in the BPW, they endorsed him, right? So along with the select board and the school committee in Fairhaven, the the entire select board and the entire school committee, I believe, has also endorsed Strauss. And then Tripillo tried to basically say, well, that's because I think, you know, this is because, you know, I'm a political outsider. He's a political insider. So the elected officials, you know, in in these towns would vote for him or something like that. Um, okay. I mean, I, I don't think it's... You know, I, I would probably approach that a different way. Uh, it's a tough thing to try to argue against. I would probably approach it a different way. Uh, but... But the fact of the matter is, I think, again, I think Trapillo had a strong performance. Someone who has never run for office before and never been in a debate before. I think he did a pretty good job. I think Strauss was able to make his case for re-election. I think he was. I think he was effectively able to communicate that. But Richard Pill will be here, uh, be here to make his case for you guys tomorrow. And I'm going to ask him some questions about that for him. I'm going to ask him to... Uh, about some of his positions. And um yeah. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break now and then we'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight with we'll just Marcus tonight. Chris Chris is out, he'll be back. 1420 WB this goes tonight, I'm Marcus uh, Chris is out for tonight He'll actually be back on Friday So we're we'll, looking forward to talking to him Then we'll be taking your calls for now At 508-996-0500 We'll also be taking your messages On the WBSM App chat So I was talking about The debate between uh, Rick um, Richard Pillow Who's challenging uh, uh, Bill Strauss, chairman of the Trans- transportation committee, Rep. Bill Strauss? Uh, last night, the um, the Tri Town Democratic Committee and uh, I'm going to talk more to Rick Trappolo tomorrow. He's going to be on from eight to nine. I've invited um, I've invited Rep. Strauss to come on uh, at some point um, before primary day as well. So uh, you'll you know you'll get to hear, but you'll get to hear from. Um, Rick pillow tomorrow and, and you'll get to talk to him tomorrow too if you'd like at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. that's he can get on you know I started last program by talking about Bill Russell you know I have a column up on WBSM.com that's basically um, I have a column on WBSM.com that is my ranking of the top 10 my ranking of the top 10 uh, players who ever played for the um, whoever played for the uh, Celtics. I'm just reading some of these app chats. So I, yeah, I made a list of the top ten players who ever played for the Celtics, and I, I know a lot of people say, and I, I heard Tim say it today, and that's fine. Tim has a right to be wrong. If he would like, it's his show. But I heard, uh, I, I hear a lot of people say he's the greatest Celtic of all time, and I've always. And I was saying, I was making the case that Larry Bird is. And it's, to me, it's it's kind of astonishing that I have to make the case that Larry Bird is the best player to ever wear a Celtics uniform. It seems pretty clear. Just based on... Just, just go watch a highlight reel of those two players and ask me who's better. Or ask yourself who's better. Right? Even the numbers. Um, I mean... Bill Russell is a great, the best defensive player of all time. The statistics bear that out. Obviously, a revolutionary shot shot blocker. Uh, he also found a way to you know block shots while keeping the ball in play, right? Because a lot of people, a lot of times, people swat the ball out of bounds, which is is good. You you know you prevented the shot from going up, but it's also like you also gave them another possession. You know they get the ball back. So anyway, um, Larry Bird is just an overall better player. He is, again, he was a fantastic playmaker. He had incredible court vision. He was one of the best shooters that ever played. He came in the league with the jump, uh, at the same time, the three point line did, he had a 50, 40, 90 season, two of them first player to ever do it. Shoot 50% from the uh, field, 40% from the arc, 90% from the free throw line. He, even, you know, Bill Russell's a great rebounder. Barry, Larry Bird is, might be the best rebounder for his position ever. He's up there. I would say it's him or LeBron James in terms of the best small forward, you know, the best three position rebounders of all time. He's up there uh, in terms of the rebounding. So he's a, the elite rebounder for his position, Averaged 10 rebounds a game for his career, six assists, 24 points, Again, a very efficient shooter, very efficient scorer, could do everything. Bill Russell was a bad offensive player. He only shot, the only averaged 15 points on 44% shooting, which as a center in a time where you got more possessions is pretty horrendous. Shot 56% from the free throw line. So, um, again, overall just a bad offensive player and offensive liability uh 60th and i think all time 120th in player efficiency rating 60th all time in postseason efficiency rating it's just it is what it is you know i, I made that case and some people called in and and to, to to argue about that and you can if you'd like to call in uh call in and, and dispute that with me at 508 500 i just think Larry Bird's just clearly a better player. He's just a much better player. In every respect, he's just a much better player uh, than, than Bill Russell was. You could say 11 rings all you want, but different eras, harder to win than when Larry... Harder to win in an era where Larry Bird won, and I don't know. Again, it's weird that I even have to make the case. I think it's weird that I even have to make the case, but I have my top 10 Celtics of all time. I think people will agree with the 10 that are there. You know, everybody, and I'm John Havlicek's there, right? Dave Cowens, Paul Pierce, so Bob Cousy is on the list. I think people will agree with the list that's up there on WPSM.com. But uh, maybe even if they don't agree with the order, Kevin McHale's obviously there too. But what I wanted to actually talk about was Bill Russell's off-the-court impacts too. I mean, he was a great player on the court right? Fantastic player on the court. I'm not saying he wasn't a great player. I'm just saying I think he's a bit overrated. I think he's a bit overrated just based on his offensive production being very, very bad, even though his defensive production is statistically up there the best of all time. Like they say, he's the best defender of all time. That checks out. That checks out statistically. But... I don't know. But I did want to talk about his, his uh, civil rights contributions. Um, but I'm taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Uh, in fact, let's go to the phones now. Good evening. Thanks for holding.
1: Hey, how are you tonight? Um, yeah, I agree. Our generation um, would say Larry Bird. The um, yeah. younger generation would say differently. Um, the older generation would say Bill Russell um you also got to go by positions so if you're talking about centers yeah bill russell's in the top three ever
0: yeah i see i'm not i'm not convinced of that either okay so you've got jabbar i think i would have jabbar i would have Shaq, and i would have wilt chamberlain ahead of bill yeah. russell i would bill actually wilt
1: chamberlain ahead of bill russell the yeah. russell won all the rings though didn't he
0: yeah, he did. It's it's just okay. Switch those teams, right? Put put Will Chamberlain on the Celtics. Put um put put Bill Russell in Philadelphia slash you know San Francisco, and see how that shakes out. I I think it shakes out pretty much the same. I think the Celtics still win eleven rings with with Will Chamberlain there. I, I think he's just sure. a, again just a better player in every facet of the game, you know. Oh,
1: that that's your opinion, but uh... yeah. If Russell was playing in this day and age, he'd be a power forward anyway. He was a he wasn't a big center.
0: Yeah, he'd be a built. Yeah. I think I think his his game today is is a is a is a better Ben Wallace. You know, a, a great defensive player who could play above his size, right? And had really yeah. you know strong athleticism, but who it was bad on offense, straight up liability on offense. I want to mention Robert Parrish, too. He is an incredible center for the Celtics. Yeah, Robert Parrish was good. He, you know, he was a, a steady double-double guy. Te- you know, I think averaged during his time in the Celtics, averaged like eighteen and twelve. Had that. He was ahead of his time in his versatility. He had athleticism. He was versatile. He had a outside shot, which for a center wasn't really all that common. So he was he was definitely ahead of his time for centers.
1: Yeah, and I'd say the best basketball player of all time, if you're talking any position, is obviously Michael Jordan.
0: Yeah, I. I, you know, it's pretty non-controversial.
1: The youngsters like to say LeBron James, oh yeah, LeBron, I'm sorry, he couldn't hold Michael Jordan's jockstead.
0: I mean, I think the... I think there's a good faith argument for LeBron James being the greatest player of all time. He's for as great as LeBron James has been for as long as he's been. He's basically been the best player in the league for 20 years, in a time yeah. in a time where the NBA is as competitive as ever. Um, so I think there's an I think there's an argument, but you know, uh,
1: I think a long time ago though it was tougher
0: competition because you had less teams. It was hard. Yeah, but to the get players the NBA. are. The, the players are just better now. They're just better at basketball. You know, you, you
1: look, I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't know
0: about that. You're, yeah. you're talking the guys like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson and all that. P- Pascal Siakam, who played for the Pascal Sayakim who played for the Raptors this year was an All-NBA third team player and I believe he averaged like 25-5 five and 5 this year or 7 and 5 this year. Like that's the type of like that's the bare minimum of what people expect. Uh, expect now. What did, what did he average? Oh, no, let me check. I'll check the numbers. But Pascal, oh, sorry, twenty-eight, eight and five, and he was all NBA third team. Twenty-eight, eight and five is like Scottie Pippen's numbers, right? That that's that's yeah. what. And Scottie Pippen was a top five to ten player when he was playing. So, so, so I think that. And most people, he's a one-time All-Star. Most people have two-time All-NBA. Most people haven't even heard of Pascal Siakam. You look at guys like. You know, um, uh, what's his name? The Gilgis Alexander in in, in Oklahoma City. At the league's just more talented. It's it, it, it is. I mean, if you want to say Jordan's a be- a better player, that's fine. I mean, he was definitely. I mean, he was incredibly dominant. Won three, you know, won six championships, three back to backs, ten scoring titles, which is really when you think about it. <laughs> like, that that is, it's its mind-blowing, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to see a Michael Jordan again. Yeah, that
0: that level of dominance, I don't know if it can be replicated, you know? I, I, right, I, I agree.
1: Just like you're never going to see a Larry Bird again. Well, again... Larry, Larry Bird was incredible, too. He different, was... Just a type of player, but... He was, you know, he was definitely a great, one One, he's definitely one of the greatest of all
0: time. I, I would have Larry Bird in, in my, uh, like, around my top five uh, all time. You know, to say th- there's players like Larry Bird, though, right? There's LeBron James is yeah. like Larry Bird, and Kevin Durant's like Larry Bird. LeBron James is better than Larry Bird. Kevin Durant, I don't think is, but, but those yeah. players are like Larry Bird, I think. Uh, they weren't from Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I would I would agree with that for sure. Absolutely. And Magic and I think, Johnson.
1: Who was the more, i get a question for you before I hang up. Who was the most menacing, hated basketball player of all time? Come on, you got to know this on the Celtics, especially with the Celtics.
0: The most menacing, hated basketball player of all time on yeah, the he on the Celtics?
1: Play 30, play, he punch some, no, he wasn't on the
0: Celtics. Oh, you're talking about Bill even... Lambier?
1: There you go. Yeah, yes, of course. Oh, it, it was, it's kind of fun remembering he used to tick everybody off. But yeah. When you go back and watch those games, you forget how entertaining he was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Larry Bird to this day still hates his guts while talk
0: to him. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what's funny, I think a lot of people don't like those Pistons players. Michael Jordan still hates Isaiah Thomas too. That was he he had uh, he had said that in the um in his in his uh in his documentary, um uh his documentary that was on ESPN he said Isaiah Thomas is an a hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Bill Lambier said though they did an interview with Bill Lambier they asked, uh, if he if he'd be willing to do an interview with Larry Bird. And he says, sure. But I don't think Larry's going to want to do the interview. <laughs> yeah, no. And so Lambert even knows he's not white, but he didn't care that was his job to go out there and cause distraction.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Exactly what he was put in there for. Um, Alright, I'm going to let
0: you go. You have a good night. Thank you. Appreciate it. Alright. Yeah, so I mean... It, it, I would have. I don't. Seriously, uh, and if people are going to get mad. I don't. Wouldn't have. I wouldn't have Bill Russell in my top three either. For for positionally, uh, I, I think Shaq's a better player. Put Shaq on his. Put Shaq on the block. In his prime, nobody's stopping him. To include Bill Russell, right? Bill Russell isn't stopping Shaq. I think Will Chamberlain was an overall better player. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. Uh, a better player. A lot of people have Jabbar in their top three. A lot of people have Jabbar in their top three. I think ESPN ranked him third. They had Jordan, LeBron, and Jabbar. I wanted to have a conversation about Bill Russell's civil rights contributions. Um, And I, I'm going to take a break and we'll have that conversation. We'll be taking your calls too at 508 996 0500 download the DeMarcus Chris will be back Friday just taking some time off like I did last week so you know there's disagreements on whether or not Bill Russell's the the best Celtics player um, whether or not he was the best player overall where he ranks among the great players the great centers but I think what isn't really disputable is I don't think there's a player in NBA history that had the cultural impact that Bill Russell had because Bill Russell was the first black superstar in the NBA. He was very much the Jackie Robinson for basketball. He was the first black head coach in the not only just in the NBA, but in any pro sport in America. He uh he also is probably the first I mean Jackie Robinson too, but um one of the first athletes I'll say to really take a political stand right um and one that was controversial for its time he boycotted a game in 1961 because two of his black teammates were denied service at a restaurant in kentucky he marched he was in the marsh in washington he was at the cleveland summit standing in solidarity with muhammad ali i believe was jabbar there too but he was in uh, 67. He was there at the Cleveland summit standing in solidarity with uh, Muhammad Ali, who had a conscientious objection to being drafted to the Vietnam War and who lost three years of his prime for that Muhammad Ali. Bill Russell said he described, Bo- you know, he he dealt, I think, with a lot of Boston's ugly history with race relations he called boston one time a flea market of racism he got his number retired in 1972 and he didn't show up to the retirement because he was protesting he didn't like how he was treated there he bought a house in redding in the suburbs he bought a house in Reading, and the house was vandalized with rachel epithets painted she's you know, all over the place He tried to buy another house in Redding, and he was essentially redlined, prevented from doing it. Uh, I think it was Tommy Heinsohn who said it perfectly because he had to have another – he basically got reintroduced to the NBA in the 90s. He kind of stayed away from it and then became an ambassador in the game. He he got his number re-retired in in 98, basically had another retirement ceremony when I think – maybe things have had cooled off for lack of a better term, but he was one of the, uh, he he was one of the, I mean, he also publicly called out the NBA by saying like, you know, they're, they're excluding black players from the league. Um, I think it was the seventies Knicks. Actually, that was the first all black team in the NBA. And prior to Bill Russell, the face of the NBA was George Mikan from the Minneapolis Lakers. But um, I think George Mike might have went on to be the commissioner of the NBA, or was it the ABA? But that's neither here nor there. But Bill Russell used his platform to make strong political statements about civil rights. And I think it's interesting now... And I think Bill Russell is a universally loved and celebrated person. He got the Presidential Medal Medal of Freedom, the first basketball player to get the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Freedom. He got it from Barack Obama. I think everybody loves Bill Russell. But nowadays, when professional athletes make statements about politics or about social policy, you've got a strong faction of uh, of the country that say, quote unquote, shut up and dribble, right? Like, the people that love Bill Russell and remember him fondly, a lot of people that love him and remember him fondly, hate Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee. Right? They hate Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee. And Colin Kaepernick got blackballed from the NFL for doing that. He did that to, you know, when he did that, he essentially sacrificed his entire career for the messaging. Now, you could say, like, oh, he wasn't that good. You know, he wouldn't wouldn't have been in the league anyway. That's not true. That's just not true. I mean, he was a guy who had just he'd led his team to a Super Bowl and to the NFC Championship. He wasn't as good as he was before, for sure. The NFL players have a short shelf life, even, even even quarterbacks that aren't that good. And he's a guy that you get film on and he, you know he wasn't as effective as he used to be, but he was definitely serviceable. He was a he was a solid quarterback. His last year in the league, he had 12 starts. I believe he had 16 total touchdowns. And twelve starts, which is solid. That's a good backup, especially considering some of the horrendous backups they had back then. But it's interesting how the conversations sort of shift. Muhammad Ali again, same thing. It's universally celebrated for his position, his his, his position on civil rights, his his sacri- him basically sacrificing the prime of his career to take a stand against something. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, another outspoken person in civil rights and racial relations, race relations, they're not as vilified or really vilified at all compared to the athletes that are doing it today, like Colin Kaepernick. And I think what's interesting now is that the, the rights trying to get their own type of Colin Kaepernick or let's say Bill Russell, uh, player. But the problem is he's a dummy and he sucks at his, he, he always sucked at the sport he was playing, which is Enos Cantor. Um, Ennis played for the Celtics I think twice, right? He played for the Celtics, but uh he was he was basically not even serviceable. He didn't get a contract. He's trying to say it's cuz he was blackballed through the league for taking his bold positions on stuff, but it was really just cuz he sucks. Um he is now going on the 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 network that says "Shut up and dribble," right? He's going on that network and they're lauding him as a hero for saying you know everybody should just respect america and uh he says i you know i i fled from my country because i couldn't speak out against my government now what you should do is respect the fact that you can speak out against your government by not speaking out against your government right? it's stupid it's so dumb and not to mention the fact that he you know that he goes to see um that he goes to see uh John Bolton, like one of the architects of the Iraq War, to talk about human rights, right? And you know, he says he's defending, you know, M- Muslim persecution, but then goes on with Tucker Carlson, or you know, basically, you know, speaks with a party that wants to establish a Muslim registry for people in for Muslims uh, in in America, right? But no, I just thought it was interesting. Bill Russell is, I think, maybe the first, if not one of the first athletes in American professional sports, like the big four, we'll call it, in American professional sports to really take political stands, right? To, 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 I think, a great deal of suffering. You know, he, he got his house broken into and vandalized. He got redlined from a neighborhood, despite being a wealthy professional athlete, got redlined from a town that he wanted to live in. He said he got called all kinds of names that I can't say on the air. I can't say them on the air, but he said he got caught all kinds of names. I think Tommy Heinsohn said it perfectly. Bill Russell won 11 championships. Won 11 championships. But they named a tunnel after Ted Williams. Right? He was a great basketball player. Again, not as good as people think he he was. But I think Bill Russell was a great american i think that's what's most important he was a great american who stood up for what he believed in to great sacri- to great pain and sacrifice i mean he suffered a lot personally when he was growing up too he grew up in a louisiana during the great depression uh you know his father was his mother was once uh almost lynched for dressing elegantly right his father was um, threatened with a shotgun for protesting a jim crow uh, a jim crow law But I wanted to, because I talked a lot about him as a player, remember him as a civil rights activist. He was not just a great basketball player. He was a great American and somebody who used his platform to stand up for what they believe in. Something that we celebrate now, but when we look at other athletes like Colin Kaepernick or like LeBron James, or like anybody else that takes a even marginally left of center position on a social issue, they're vilified. They're told to shut up and dribble, right? Unless you're Enos Cantor. Unless you're a bad basketball player and you're a dumb guy that goes on the network and says America's the best and changes your name to Freedom. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. Why should you download the name? Okay, I'm Marcus. Chris is out. He'll be back Friday. Just t- took some time off like I did last week. And uh, we're going to be joined actually in the eight. A clock hour by Carl Alps, the president of PACA and uh, positive action against chemical addiction and uh, also my cousin. We're going to talk about a variety of topics. So stay tuned. I'll see you on the other side of the eight o'clock hour after the news.